Welcome, everyone, to the Do Care podcast, where we discuss queer intersectional ecofeminism and artistry. I am your co-host, Mary McGee, pronouns she, they. And I'm your other co-host, Georgie Corkery, pronouns also she, they. Today, we have a really special guest. We will be speaking about the Queer in Utah Photography Project with Dr. Fazila Tsukhaikin, Associate Professor of Arts and Design at Utah State University. Welcome, Fazila. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to ask you to say your full name and pronouns. Yes, um, I'm Fazila Tsukhaikin, and my pronouns is she, her. Perfect. And we might have a lawnmower sound coming in and out. So excuse that, folks. But we're excited for today's topic. Yes, yes. Um, so Fazila, what are you most excited to share with us about Queer in Utah? I am very excited about the changes that is happening in Utah right now. When I first started this project in 2019, I believe the environment was very different. Um, it was difficult even for me to kind of start this project hmm. because I was not like sure if this was my position to start it. And the conversation was not easy to have with so many people. There was much more problem that the queer community in Utah, they were facing. But after all these years, I slowly started this project in 2019. I talked to a lot of people. I started photographing them. But right now in 2023, I can say with a confidence <laughs> that the environment is not the same. And I believe this community has done a great job with changing that. They have dealt with a lot of challenges, but I do think that right now they can be very proud of what they have done. All the activists that they wrote about these issues, all the activists that they have done a lot of work, all together, I think I am very excited that a lot is changing. That's so cool. I have so many questions, so many follow-up questions yeah. with that, but we'll wait till after we do our little icebreakers. That's perfect. First icebreaker, as you all know, is we got to talk about the cats we've interacted with. Mary, you want to go first? I do want to go first. <laughs> um, my friend Cody has this little smushed-faced cat Aww. with a really thick hair right. that gets clumped up together. Oh, yeah. matted. Yeah, matted, so they have to shave it. But the, the shaver like runs out of steam because it's so thick. Right. So right now the cat only has pantaloons. Oh, <laughs> cute cat. And everything else is shaved. And it's like... Oh, <laughs> that's very cute. <laughs> My friend Kelly, I saw his cat recently, Pepe, and Pe Pepe also has been shaved Aww. so that you can only see he has pantaloons and like a bed skirt, right. basically, on his sides. And uh, Pepe's so cute. The other cats I saw were, I saw three Cats just walking around Logan. It was one walk. Oh, and they, two of them just ran up. And they're like, you know, they're like, please pet me. I love you. And then another one I had to more stealthily approach. But I feel like it gave me consent to pet it. And then Shushka, my friend, Michael's cat. That's amazing. <laughs> I wish I had a story to tell. I don't. Yeah. No, cats. Cats. no cats. I don't that's have okay. cats. Yeah. But that's amazing. Have you run into any wildlife recently? 
recently. Not recently, I would say, because I just came back from 11 months trip abroad and I spent most of my time in the cities mm, because mm. after COVID, I was so craving to just go to museums, <laughs> galleries, and constantly be interacted with yeah. a lot of artwork. So unfortunately not, but I am very missing that. So <laughs> now that we are back in Utah, maybe I should do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you go up Logan Canyon, I feel yeah. like there's all sorts of things right now. That's amazing. Well, I've been seeing, well, I saw, I saw four moose at once. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. My study site in park city. Wow. They think it's a mom who had triplets last summer. And so it's the mom and then the three, the three kids. Oh, wow. Two of them have antlers that are, they're really small, but they're coming up. That's so amazing. that's really cool. Yeah, that's and amazing. then I saw two snakes when I was hiking with my friend Amanda up Dry Canyon. So in yeah. Logan. And then the other day I was at First Dam. And I was readjusting like my shoelaces or something under the tunnel because he's in the shade. Mm-hmm. And there was a snake in the tunnel. Oh. And I shrieked and the tunnel echoes and there's a bunch of people at first right. dam in the parking lot and they look over and I've just shrieked really loudly right. in the That's, tunnel. But I don't so. think that these snakes are necessarily dangerous. No, right? they're, they're not. They're, yeah. they're not at all. But, but they just do their primal part of yeah. it. Yeah, thousands of years of evolution just makes <laughs> right. me scream. That is true. That has happened. So, <laughs> how about you, Mary? Um, I also am a city person. So, I've seen a lot of animals. I've seen a lot of magpies. Right. A oh. lot of magpies. Uh, one hopped up on my balcony. It was like Oh. As close as you are right now, just a few wow. feet. And it, it looked me in the face. It was like, ah! <laughs> it laughed in my face. Yeah. Well, it'll probably now remember your face. And yeah, I came up to the glass. That's amazing. <laughs> like me and my cat are both like, wow. <laughs> oh, I awesome. can see you looking through the window together. Right. <laughs> For conscious content consumption, mm-hmm. Do you want to go first? I don't even know what you're going to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been watching this really cool TV show on Hulu. It's called Vida. And it's about these two sisters, two Mexican-American sisters from L.A. And they go back to their neighborhood after their mothers died. And it's kind of discussing themes of gentrification in L.A. and queer identity. They come back and realize their mother was in a queer relationship and their (laughs) own queer identities. It's beautiful. Wow. Hmm. Vita on Hulu. Okay. I have not heard of that. Yeah, I haven't heard of it. It has Roberta Collins in it, who you may know from A League of Their Own TV show. I've been thinking about that TV show a lot. I want them to come out with the TV show. Yeah, I also recommend that TV show. It's very queer. It's very queer. I have such a big crush on her, so I went and watched everything. (laughs) I love that. Uh, What about you, Georgie? What have you been consciously consuming? Well, I usually listen to the show Radiolab, and Lulu Miller is one of the co-hosts of Radiolab. It's a podcast. I'm sure most people know Mm -hmm. what it is. And they came out with an episode called The Seagulls, while another one of my favorite podcasts, You're Wrong About, Lesbian Seagulls, came out with an episode called The Lesbian Seagulls. And for those of you who have listened to all the past episodes, or at least the one that said queer birding, queer birds are something I'm obsessed about. It's something that I just like, 
animals and nature somehow feel legitimizing for me <laughs> as an animal in nature who's also queer. But this specific episode on Radiolab, they talk about in the 1970s, I'm going to read this off from Radiolab's mm -hmm. webpage. As the LGBTQ community in the United States faced conservatives whose top argument was that homosexuality is unnatural, a pair of young scientists discovered that a tiny island off the coast of California is a colony of seagulls that include a significant number of female homosexual couples making nests and raising chicks together. So Lulu Miller dives into this and talks about how this was supposedly the first discovery of homosexuality or queer relationships, queer behavior in animals, but that is absolutely not true. It's just been erased. It's not been written down. It's been intentionally not discussed, whether that's because people thought that, you know, homosexuality was a sin or because they were scared of getting in trouble as scientists for mm -hmm. documenting that and sharing that and upsetting the cultural anguish <laughs> against okay. queerness. Wow. So I suggest listening to that episode as well as the You're Wrong About episode, Lesbian Seagulls, because she talks a little bit more about the history there. And she also relates it to herself personally. Lulu Miller, of course, Lulu Miller comes on as a guest for You Are Wrong About. And I listened to both episodes two times and I bought all the books that they suggested <laughs> because this is something that I care about and yeah. In echoing what Lulu Miller said, she was like, I have been obsessed with these things. And yeah, I think it does validate who I am. But at the same time, I don't need these animals to validate who I am. Our culture just needs to validate wow. us. Very interesting. So Very cool. I actually love tying that back to your yeah. queer Utah photography. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. you, you've been photographing queer couples embracing in nature. Yeah. And I love this discussion of, of the lesbian seagulls in those podcasts. Oh They're talking it, about, there's this argument that it's homosexuality is a crime against nature. Yeah. yeah. It's unnatural. <sighs> but it's the most natural thing, and we see it in birds and animals. Mm -hmm. Right. And then to put these queer couples in nature, in like, nature. love is, right, love yeah. is natural. That is what, you know, my main vision was for this project. Because when I started, I mean, let me tell you a little bit background about myself. I'm more a social documentarian. I do a lot of visual storytelling, but through photography. So I'm very interested. I've been always interested in finding a lot of issues in society that a lot of people are dealing with. I grew up in Iran and, you know, immediately, especially if you are a woman, you're immediately exposed to a lot of inequality you see around yourself constantly. So all the subjects that I have been, you know, discovering and portraying in my projects were mostly related to social issues with a little bit, you know, hint of politics. Mm -hmm. So when I started this project, because it was about religion, right? It was about the queer community in Utah. A hundred percent of them 
one of the couple at least they go they have grown lds mm-hmm. uh, they are coming from this background so they have dealt with a lot of discrimination a lot of teachings that they told them that if you feel this way there's something wrong with you so i wanted my first instinct was to create this project maybe in a very documentarian style to show that um, type of struggle that they are facing. For example, I thought about following one of these couples with their permission mm-hmm. and showing their life, you know, uh, the church, how they feel, how they are not necessarily allowed to go to the temple anymore. Yeah. They are excommunicated, not only with the church, but also with the family too. Yeah, the community. Yeah, with the whole community. That That is the only, because especially all these a couple that I photographed, they are pretty young. This is all they know. This is all they feel comfortable. Yeah. But all of the sudden, you know, they were alone with their feelings. And if they didn't have partner, that makes their life much yeah. harder. No community and no partner. Yes, exactly. But then when I talked to them more, when I did more research, I came to the conclusion that whatever is happening in their struggle, I think the most important thing is how bravely they and naturally they are embracing this love. Yeah. It is very important that, you know, we make this as a norm in the society that a lot of people still, we are talking about a lot of changes. It's amazing. But still, we have a lot of people that they don't look at it, as you said, as a unnatural thing. This is something against nature. But a lot of these couples are actually raising kids. You know, they are very interesting. One of the couple that I photographed that I was so interested, they are so, they grew up with LDS both. They love it. They love this face because this is something that they feel very comfortable, but they have gotten excommunicated. Yeah. Their parents at some point didn't talk to them. But when I went to their place to photograph them, we were supposed to photograph them in nature. But at the last minute, they called me and they said, hey, you know, would you come to our place because we just adopted a baby? Oh. And it was so interesting. Interesting because, you know, I assume a lot of the problem around this topic is about the, help me with the word, the, <laughs> the discrimination, the... No, I want to say, you know, when like, you give birth, oh, like, right? So, oh, oh, like reproduction. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I had to, no, 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 like, no. You know, but I think a lot of the communication, at least in Muslim culture, which I'm very familiar yeah. with, is that, so what is going to happen to the reproduction? But it's not even about, even if you don't adopt Mm-hmm. You can have, like, we are you can have, advanced yeah. enough right now that we can have, you know, we can still reproduce. So it is all about their bond, their love, and being together. Yeah. Before you talk more about the project, I think, one, please share with us what the project is and why you care about it so yeah. much. Sure. 
So the project is about, it calls Queer in Utah, and it is about, um, it's a photography project. Mm -hmm. uh, I photographed uh, around 25 couples that they all, I said, one of them at least, come from uh, LDS background. Um, they live in Utah, and at some point in their life, they had the bravery to come out of the closet and they had to face so many struggles. Mm -hmm. But the project, what I focused on exactly about how natural this is, it is about their love, doesn't matter who we love. And I just wanted to show, and one of my main uh, vision was to normalize that in the state of Utah, especially the reason I photographed a lot of them in nature, because... Um, it was a big culture shock when I moved to Utah in 2015. <laughs> I realized that in every season, a lot of a straight couple, they go to nature, they hire photographers. They do. You see you it know, all the It time. was very interesting that I, like, I've never seen so many photographers and in my life. I wonder if that is a, like, a specific Mormon culture thing. I do Especially know. in Logan. I Especially see it, in Logan. I see it probably 10 times more in that Logan is, than I, I see it here. driven up canyons yeah and like every 50 feet yes. there's a pretty blonde couple yep and yeah. a photographer photographer in you know in the white dress and yep. they are like very and they proud. have heels and exactly and they are very proud of their family mm -hmm. yeah but yeah. what i wanted to show is that this is also a family yeah. If you are celebrating the love among you and your wife or your husband you got to understand that this is as normal, yeah. as beautiful, if not even more, <laughs> as, you know, the same thing. It's the same thing. So one of my vision was to have this show everywhere in the rural parts, in the, you know, cities. So people are exposed to these beautiful images. Yes. I rarely see images of queer couples mm -hmm. holding each other right it is I kind was, of difficult yeah. yeah and and just going through your your gallery mm -hmm. of these photos mm -hmm. they're so tender and intimate thank you they all have the stories of when i photograph them i would know this some of them very they're very cautious yeah. we're normally like one of the reason i if you pay attention to a lot of photographs, all of them are photographed in the setting that is kind of hidden. Like they are mm. embraced by a tree or something that not necessarily everybody has the view to them. Like it's mm. kind of hidden. So I wanted to show that. But also I would normally know this whenever yeah. I'm photographing them and somebody is walking meters yeah. away and they're looking and they are not 100% comfortable. Mm. This is something that it is unfortunate. I think a lot is changing now, thankfully, but still we are struggling. Still, it's not normal. And I would say that it is not necessarily something that only it's happening here. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of advanced, very, very advanced societies are the, I mean, we're talking about America, right? Yeah. The land of freedom. <laughs> At least in my eyes, coming from Iran, the reason I came here, I was like, it's America. Everybody could have their own vision mm -hmm. and practice it without any judgment around that. 
But when I came, I was like, no, you know, we are still as a human, like the collective human community, we are still struggling to accept fully. And it's mostly people, right? People with their ideas and with their prejudice, with Mm -hmm. a lot of teachings that they, they grew up with. So the project is about that. But the reason I was very interested, I always say that because the project hasn't, they didn't start in Utah, I think. It has started already back from when I was back in Iran. Mm -hmm. The photography project? Yes, but in a abstract way. So when I was back in Iran, in Iran, the punishment for queer community being gay or lesbian, it's it's a death penalty. They have a death penalty, right? So there are still a lot of countries that they do that. And I had friends and I knew communities around me, people around me that even as close friends, we were not comfortable talking about that. Because it's so scary. It's so scary because I didn't want to be responsible, let's say. If anybody reports about my friend you know, it's so scandal. Yeah, you almost want to have so scandalous. Mm-hmm. Plausible deniability. Exactly. So if you don't exactly. know, then you can't so, affirm it. Exactly. That's so and scary. I felt very <laughs> guilty about that because I was a photojournalist. I was doing a lot of projects related to social issues, discrimination, inequality, but I was never able. Yeah to speak about that because it was so dangerous, not only for me as a photographer, but also for subjects. And you're literally taking pictures of them, which is literally photo evidence. I love this. I've noticed these themes Mm -hmm. in your work of like hiding yourself. Right. And even protection. Like you're talking about the tree. It's hiding you, but it's also protecting you. Protecting you. you. And the Mm -hmm. way you present yourself, how we can present ourselves. Is it safe to present yourself? Which, as somebody who's grown up in Utah, and I would say a big part of my community is the queer community. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't grow up LDS. That's how it feels. I was just with my friend the other day, and he really loves wearing dresses, and we were Mm -hmm. at his house, and then we needed to go somewhere. He's like, I'm not going to wear this out because I don't feel comfortable wearing this Mm -hmm. dress out in Logan because Mm -hmm. I don't feel safe doing that. It's almost like the community has made this buffer where we can be ourselves. And I think it's expanding. I hope it continues to expand to broader. But they are changing it. I think they are this new generation of very brave. They are very different Mm -hmm. than their previous generations. We're not even talking about going against their face, right? It's about the right, about Mm -hmm. the right of who they love. Doesn't matter, you know, if my mother or my sister cares and get upset about who I love, that makes absolutely no sense. And I think they're doing the job. A lot of activists, a lot of... I mean, I know just in Utah State, <laughs> there are so many people that they are writing about it. They are helping this community. And I think it's a slowly 
not even a slow, I would say. It has a good speed of changing. So we are noticing very much a lot of change that is happening. But I think it's still important yeah. to push a little bit further and to make it very normal. Yeah, I would like it to speed up. But <laughs> yeah, I think your project is doing that to an extent. Um, I have I have a few questions yes, for you about the project. Um, the first one is this project is specific to the LDS Church right. in some sense, and it's in Utah. It's right. a queer in Utah project, so that makes sense. But are all the couples associated with the church, and do you know how it's been received by? The LDS community. community. <laughs> I specifically picked couple for my yeah. ph- photography based on their background. So definitely they grew up in Utah. Uh, at least one of them comes from LDS background. At least one of them is it still maybe associated? Oh, okay. I have like a lot of couples that I photograph, and mm-hmm. it's so interesting the balance, the harmony that they accept within themselves because I think they struggle so much and they have gone through so much judgment that among themselves they don't want that judgment. So I have a couple that one of them left the church. But one of them is still practicing, mm. but they have that harmony. They don't mind that if the other couple is practicing, they mm-hmm. have the little tiny, let's say, stuff from the temple at home. And whenever they want to practice one of them, they could, right? So it's a very, I think, the, the overall art of the project different definitely is about the queer community who grew up LDS. So it is about that because truly I wanted to show that struggle of how still in America in this century, religion and faith is impacting a lot of lives. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily just the religion, but also it's very much about the community. And like the culture. The culture. It's so strict. But I mean, the culture comes from the teachings, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And how the community, some of them are so not supportive. But on the other hand, we could also look at it in a positive way because there are communities that are very much LDS, but they are very open-minded. Mm-hmm. They want to support. They want to help this community. And I do think that the branch is so wide. And that's why I decided that I can't be also judgmental, <laughs> right? Yeah. I want to get rid of that judgmental aspect of this. That's why I picked to stay more about their relationship, the beauty, the natural beauty of they are embracing themselves. It's a good duality, I think, because you are showcasing in a way Mm -hmm. the church and the community within it. That's really beautiful. And the reason I started this project, one of the most important reasons I started this project was because I got very shocked at the beginning. I met a couple in Logan, Utah, that they both at the same day, they both lost their job as daycare teachers oh, because their boss told them that your sexuality 
has a bad influence on these kids. And oh. I don't think that these parents want you to interact with their kids. And this is so sad. And I and was 2000, right? whatever, when this happens, this that's so mind blowing. 2020. And I, can't I was that. so shocked and they wanted to go to the courts, but you know, they were, we don't think that we have any chance. It's Utah. But I think right now a lot has changed and I'm so glad about that. Yeah. Hopefully that doesn't happen anymore. At least I'm thinking that yeah. this was so out of control. I don't think that right now in 2023, three years after that, my interaction, I don't think at least that would happen again. Yeah, I hope not. I it's, hope not, right. It's hard when you see all these icky laws coming right? into place. Exactly. These anti-trans laws. Yeah. One other question. Well, follow me on this. <laughs> <laughs> this is somewhat naive, but I did notice that in many of the photos, there was one person in the couple that wouldn't be looking directly right. at the camera. It, or, or maybe their eyes were closed and mm -hmm. the other one was looking at the camera. Was this intentional and... How did you decide how they would be holding yes, each other and true. where? Because some of them, are, like there seems to be horse pasture. There's, mm -hmm. There is a backyard and maybe that's the couple right. you mentioned with the baby. And then some are in the mountains. And for me, it's personally very touching because all these places are familiar right. as a native Utah. Yeah. They look like home. Right. That's very true. That's a very detailed observation. And I really appreciate that because I wanted my viewer to see that and notice it. And it makes me feel good when I hear that people actually <laughs> notice it, right? Because a lot of people, they just look at it as a couple holding each other in nature. Mm -hmm. But I did want to put a lot of details in it. It's not just taking these people and photographing them in nature. But it was a lot of tiny details that I wanted to help my storytelling. So I appreciate that you bring that up. <laughs> it makes me feel really good. And well, that makes me feel like a savvy art critic. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I normally, let me tell you about the, my process. Yeah. I normally take, ask, meet with a couple, talk to them. I either know them from somewhere, so I know their background, or somebody introduced them to me. So I sit down with them somewhere, and we talk about their story, and they tell me about the struggles that they have faced, what happened, because a lot of these people, for example, I would say 50% of them, they tried very hard to stay straight, let's <laughs> say, right? Yeah. But it didn't work at yeah. the end for them. So they experienced that. And we talk about their stories and everything. And at the end, we talk about the location to photograph them. So I ask them, where do you feel comfortable? But and then they tell me a little bit about their stories because I didn't necessarily photograph everybody in mm -hmm. nature because some of them, they don't go to nature. Yeah. They are very much city people, right? <laughs> so I... Like when I, two of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I didn't want to force that because a city has a very interesting, actually, visual aspect to tell this story. Mm -hmm. So 
normally we decide on the location together. They give me some suggestions. I give them some suggestions and we normally pick based on where do they go normally? If they hike, where do they feel comfortable to hold hands and go walk there without feeling kind of intimidated? Yeah. So we pick the location, we go there and I normally turn on my camera and I tell them, imagine you're sitting at your home just go with your pose right and just hold each other just tell the story to each other just talk to each other and I'm just here observing you normally it starts with that but at the end I give them some direction because I want to show during the time that we are photographing we are still talking about their Mm -hmm. struggle during this session, it doesn't take that long if I had a previous conversation with them, but let's say an hour and a half, two hour session, we're normally taking pictures, but then we're stopping and talking about the issues that they dealt with. So it is very important that I want to show that very natural, real, their facial yeah. expression. Their emotion. How the, their emotion, because some of them gets very emotional, actually, when they talk about their experience. Some of them starts with very, you know, when because when you are in front of the camera, immediately you try to look, <laughs> yeah, very stiff, very good, just, you know, the pose. But then when I'm constantly shooting for an hour, they feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. They don't even see the camera. So the reason that I have not all of them, I think, but maybe 50% of the photos, one of them is looking away. One of them is protecting the other yeah. one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of these conversation that we have, one figure always stand up as a person who wants to take care, who wants to be the person that tell the other one that it's okay. You know, a lot of these people that I photographed, I would say good percentage of them, they have gone through suicide. They have experienced huge amount of depression. They have experienced huge amount of guilt. I photographed a couple that one of them were constantly put when they were very young, they were put on the conversion therapy classes Mm, and they thought that this is gonna, like, there's something wrong with them because when they would put them in these type of classes, it gives that impression to that person that we are fixing you. And then they come from that class. The person is wrong. Exactly. They come out of that class and they feel nothing has changed (laughs) with their feelings. Yes, they know all the teaching, but they are the same. They have the same feelings towards these people, right? Just laden with guilt. Exactly. (laughs) And then they go through so much more guilt. And then they think that their existence is wrong. So they, have to get rid of themselves. So a lot of these people have done a suicide. They attempted, they have gone through huge depression. But what I see and makes me so happy is the fact that now they found each other. They embrace each other. They help each other. That person who went through suicide knows that 
I'm not alone. This yeah. is nothing wrong with me. I am just this way. And it's okay if I'm different. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? So mm-hmm. this is something that I just wanted to show through the photographs. And it's not just about showing their love on the surface, but the photographs attempted at least I don't know how much I was successful (laughs) but attempted to show their struggle it's not always so beautiful yes they're hugging now they're done with oh no it's not (laughs) you know it's your homophobia yeah it's not they're done like they are coming with all the guilt like it's still there you see that the grief in their faces but then also there's a light shining right right that oh (laughs) you got emotional <laughs> Mary's tearing up a but little bit. But they are very, you know, to me, it was give me the word again. It was a therapy for me. Catharsis? Yes. Like when I meet these people, I feel so good. I feel yeah. this is so interesting. These people are so brave. They are so strong. They have each other. You know, we are living in a society that, yes, we have a lot of problems. There are so many inequalities. The society in general, I'm not talking about yeah. Utah, I'm not talking about America. We, as human, we are creating a lot of problems. We have a lot of problems. You know, we have that judgment inside of us, no matter who we are, where we are coming from. But on the other hand, you see this aspect too, that these community are finding each other, they're helping each other, yeah. embracing their love. However, it's not easy. So it gives me such a good feelings of, yes, the society is not necessarily like we're not that bad it makes me feel hopeful yes exactly i imagine that these couples having you reach out to them and talk to them Mm -hmm. and do this i i imagine it made them feel good right yeah Yeah, and someone actually seeing them and not only seeing them but wanting to take pictures of them right and then being part of this thing where they're like oh well it's not just you who's coming Mm -hmm. to take pictures of me but it's all the other folks right that are having their picture taken the collection uh which by the way linked in the show notes you should look at it (laughs) it's beautiful I, I wonder, how did you pick those couples? You said you knew some of them? Some of them, I knew them because I teach at university. So I'm coming across so many young people in a daily basis. So if you knew them, we were just like, oh, hey, I'm a... <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> I'm going to... I'm doing no. this project and do... Would you no, have an interest in being part of it? Not necessary. Okay. I want to give a little bit, a lot actually of credit to my students. They were a big help with my projects. Mm. I normally, when I go the first day in class, I introduce myself. I introduce my work. And I tell them because they are the generation that I'm photographing, Mm -hmm. right? They know the people around them. So I normally, when I introduce myself, I'm like, I'm your teacher, but I'm doing project like you. You feel free to critique my project too. But also if you feel you have friends that you want to introduce to me, for this project, it's a good fit. Feel free to do that. Aww. And it's so amazing yeah. because I feel this is actually, this has been the most effective way because they know their language, each other's mm-hmm. language. Because I, when I started this project, I was feeling, because I'm not queer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is it my place to do this project? I don't want to 
deodoring them, like torturing mm, yeah. them as somebody that is not me, yeah. right? So it was a little bit complicated for me. I had to get a lot of permission from them to the point that a lot of people were like, don't feel bad. They're loving <laughs> They're this. They're like, we said yes. yes. We want this. Exactly. <laughs> I want it to make sure that I am right. My yeah. position as a photographer there is correct. Mm. It's not that I'm like forcing the idea on somebody. But when I talk to my student about my project, they would give me some advice on, because I'm not from Utah and mm. they were from Utah, who to reach out. And they had a cousin or a yeah. friend or somebody in their neighbor that they would know. And I would always tell them that here is the description of project. Here's, here's the example. Share with them. And if they're comfortable, they can call me or they can email me and always worked out some people that I would normally know like in my neighbor and you see you you talk to them the conversation comes up and they share information then I feel comfortable mm -hmm. to talk to them I've done weird stuff too like I'm sitting in the coffee shop <laughs> and a couple are sitting next to me they're holding hand and I'm like Going to them and apologizing. <laughs> like, and I just, yeah. you're, I'm doing yes, a thing. I love because I see that how like their, their eyes is sparkling for each other. Yeah. I'm like doing this project. Look at it. If you're interested, this is my information. If you want to be part of this project. And I do think that this project just grow as a collaboration. Like I see that. It's not my yeah. project. It's the collaboration. It's the connection that I build with this community. How and many, I love it. How many couples did you end up photographing? I know on the, the yeah, link... Yeah. There's maybe 20, 22, three photographs. Yeah. yeah. Was I, that the amount of couples that you had? Yeah. I have everybody who I photographed, uh, maybe a couple of them. I haven't edited the photos mm -hmm. yet because it's new and it's not there on my website, but everybody that I have photographed they're, they're there okay. practically. They should be there yeah. in, you know, in a matter <laughs> of time. And this project is open-ended. Mm, so I'm okay. still interested if anybody after hearing this podcast <laughs> is interested, please email me. You have all the information. You have my intention. It's just about celebrating your love, your bravery. So yeah. if you're interested, please email me. We meet up and we will yeah. do the photo well, shoot. I will link your contact yes, page please in that. our show notes please so folks that. can reach out. That's so cool. <laughs> I'm so impressed and thank you. in love with this project thank and we're so here much. about it. I think it's so important to be telling stories. Right. And even in this visual way, it's so beautiful. Especially it's, in a visual way. Especially, sorry, I'm a performance <laughs> yeah. storyteller. So. That is I, that's not my medium, so I'm very impressed. Yeah. I, I love <laughs> It's an important story you're telling, and the way you're telling it is so beautiful. Thank you. It's fun. Uh, photography has always had something for me. I think with photography, we can still share something about the truth and people are still trusting this mm -hmm. medium. It's not that I am manipulating their gaze yeah. or I'm not manipulating their stories, yeah. right? We're there and they're there in front of the lens. They are themselves mm -hmm. and I'm photographing them. So it's, it's a very interesting medium and I do my best to make it visually appealing. Mm -hmm. 
but you know it's mostly about their story yeah. and who they are yeah. and their bond for each other and how they found each other mm-hmm. practically like the the conscious content consumption just being able to see that stuff right. and what you're taking in is really you know how you're gonna see the world moving forward so it's so cool that you are making this content yeah, <laughs> for folks amazing. to see I have another question. Okay. (laughs) I read on one of the links that is in the show notes, but I don't remember which one, that your work reflects on important issues concerning gender identity, gender segregation, and the loss of national identity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would you elaborate on the last point, the loss of national identity? identity. So it's it's very much linked to where I come from Mm -hmm. in Iran. It's very complicated. People have gone through so much changes, like a pre-Islamic revolution. Uh, they were pretty much free. I wouldn't say that it was a very good era, right? They were going through a lot of problems, discrimination at that time too. But at some point they were more free, especially in the aspect of having their the right to their body. Right. Mm. They would wear whatever they want. It was free if you want to have hijab because Iran is a predominantly Muslim society, Mm -hmm. no matter if we had a kingdom, a ship or now (laughs) the Islamic revolution. But right after the Islamic revolution, they had to change their appearance dramatically. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have the right if they wanted to not have the hijab, right? And this is actually very important time to talk about it because a lot of change is happening. A lot of requests is happening with the young, especially female in Iran right now, a lot of discrimination. But the point is that I grew up in a society that right before I was born, it was a change to Islamic revolution. I grew up with the fact that the appearance of people immediately changed. Hmm. People were stuck in the idea of who am I, you know? Yeah, who am I supposed to be? The revolutionary leader would demand certain things on people's body and their rights and their identity on the other hand they lived with different Mm -hmm. you know type of culture so it was like I grew up in a society that a lot of people were stuck between the fact that a lot of being stuck in traditional modernity they didn't know their position and it's interesting when I came to America I saw the same thing with the political parties, <laughs> yeah. right? A lot of changes in the surface of the country. And then all of a sudden, a lot of people are stuck with their previous ideology. Mm. It's not about one country to another country. I think as human, we deal with it because we are stuck in, especially now with the media, the social media, it's like so many information comes mm-hmm. in a fracture of a second. You have so much, so much information. All the time. Yes. There's too much media to consume. Right. Exactly. Ever. 
it's good and bad, right? It's really good. I don't think that we ever had were in this situation that we could get any type of information that we we want. Communicate with people. Exactly. Exactly. So we were always stuck in our own zone, but now you have access to a lot of information. But on the other hand, it is important what we consume. Yeah. Right. And that I think it is big part of every project that I do. It's about what am I doing in, especially in this, like, let's say everybody in the society, in the culture that they live, do I belong to that culture? And it brings me to the other project that I'm doing. It calls Defiance. And I'm photographing people in different cultures, different countries. So I travel to different places and I talk to different people who are living differently. They don't necessarily reflect the culture that they are living, but they are resisting, bringing change. And when you see these people, you see, and they're not very famous people. They're not famous at all, actually. (laughs) The, The point of this project is to find people who are doing and bringing changes while nobody knows their stories. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting when you see that in every culture, there are a huge group of people that they don't necessarily accept what they've been told, right? They find a way to change it to a better. And this is something that I'm so interested in. I think the loss of national identity, it was more the idea behind a lot of my project when I was back in Iran, yeah. because it was straightforward, just but reflecting I can, that. I can see but it is everywhere. Yes. I've been very privileged, I think, to had the opportunity to live in two very different society. Yeah. One in Iran, one in America, very, very incredibly different. You cannot compare them. But then I get to the point that no matter where you live, where you go, this kind of power struggle is existed, Mm -hmm. right? The fact that there is inequality everywhere. Mm -hmm. So this is something for us as people, how to respond to that? Because yes, it's not that if I'm living in America, I always tell my students, your responsibility is done because this is an advanced country. No, we have, like, there are so much to do. So it's a very interesting conversation to have about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I will let you ask a question, but I, I have another yeah. thing to say. Um, I keep thinking about, and I've, Mary, I've talked with you about this a lot, how I like Pride. I like mm-hmm. Pride Month. I used to help with the Utah Pride Festival, but it irks me to have people celebrate pride as a party just the party and something that i specifically like about your photography is that it does show the struggle and the resistance and that's what that's what pride is pride is a fight and it's a celebration of history where people did fight and they lost their lives and they've been abused and your photography again is it's people who have lost their community and who have lost sense of self and self-worth and so many people their attempt to so suicide was successful yeah Mm -hmm. so many people like are homeless because of that Mm -hmm. because nobody supported them and they felt alone and they felt guilty and they had to carry on a lot of guilt with them so i really like your comment however i think 
it's great that they celebrate yes. it. Yes. <laughs> you know, let's have some fun too. Why? Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think it's really important that maybe during this one month, there should be a lot of lectures. There should be yeah. a lot of conversation, conferences, a lot of exhibition, a lot of things to bring the information to yeah. at least we know what's going on. It's just not to celebrate because we're still having a lot to work, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. But it's coming at it from all yeah, sides like with the celebration. To- and the learning yeah. and and not just of queer communities, but the intersection yeah, of queer communities, people of color, people, people of color, yes. different yeah. abilities. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really important to amplify mm-hmm. all these stories that we're seeing and right. maybe someone should do a podcast about it. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> right? That's, that's, that's an idea. idea. <laughs> to capture this beautiful moment. Yeah, right? <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> say it. And we should celebrate it. That's it, true. But I don't want straight allies to just party once during June and yeah. call it good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to learn from experiences of people from different societies, how they went about it, how it becomes so normal in their society. I I talked to a curator from Berlin Hmm. about exhibiting this project in Berlin. And it was very interesting that they just recently had an exhibition of the achievement that the queer community throughout the whole world had, but also we were talking and laughing about it, that how it is so normal in Berlin now. Mm-hmm. It's not an issue anymore. It's so normal now that if I'm gay, people embrace it. No matter. I don't know I if you go to the rural. Imagine and, that. <laughs> yeah, right? But it's very important. But here, even the fact when I'm telling you about the situation that the queer community deal with in Iran in Saudi Arabia, in some other countries versus here. So you can't compare it, right? Yeah. But I think it is something to learn from each other. Like by sharing these projects, people throughout the whole world, they get inspiration. They see that this community also dealt with a lot. Yeah. And this is inspiration. How did they go and get to this point? So let's for us to learn this process and go through and have hope because I think just hearing about this struggle give hope to a lot of other communities yeah. that they are struggling mm-hmm. so heavily also with this. Yeah, absolutely. At USU, you're mm-hmm. a professor, which is how I found out about yeah. you, which is great. What courses do you teach in case anyone is interested in what you're yes, doing? Please do that. It's, <laughs> we, ha- we offer a lot of very interesting courses. There are some courses that are mostly reserved for our photo students, major students. But we just actually at the department with my colleague, Jared Ragland, uh, we are introducing a couple of new courses as a special topic course, and they are open for everybody in university. So we are planning to offer 
anything related to photography, but not necessarily just the technical aspect of photography, but what photography is doing in society, yeah. like photography and social justice, mm-hmm. photography and the conversation about feminism, mm-hmm. photography and documentary photography and its storytelling, how we get involved with our community. And, oh my gosh, I want to take this class. <laughs> I know. So I'm like, <laughs> yes, I mean, it, it's going to be very interesting. So we're offering, if I'm not wrong, I have to think more, but uh, we're offering, I think, two special topic course next semester. So it will likely be uh, documentary photography and photography and social justice. That is so cool. So if you shouldn't worry about not having a very proper cameras. We do have some cameras that you can borrow or it is more about how you involve with the community yeah, and I, interview yeah. them, create projects, work with the community and care, mostly figure out what as a photographer you care about in your life, mm-hmm. right? It can be something totally about you, just you, because photography is also like any form of art is the medium that you can express yourself. Yeah, yeah. But we want to encourage you to also go beyond that and express your concern for whatever you see around mm-hmm. yourself. So this is something very important. And please like spread the word, whoever is interested, we are very open. We want to have that diverse amount of students mm-hmm. In that class, so our photo major collaborates with a lot of people from different departments. It is departments. so important to diversify yeah. yourself as an artist and who you surround yourself right. with. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm not going you to USU, but yeah. I'm so excited for this course. I know. I'm like, how do I As a professor, I think, and as a former art right, student, right. the ability to engage with right. your professors like this and really be pushed to make art. And not from a technical standpoint, right? You've learned the craft and you can push the buttons, but what story are you trying to tell? Mm-hmm. Who are you trying to impact? Right. And you don't need necessarily to be artist and photographer. No, right? like anyone can tell that. a story. Yes, anyone anybody. can engage. Yes, exactly. And it's, it's so powerful yeah. to create this community. Mm-hmm. I that think about true. that with science a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Two of the things on my list to be in my life is a scientist and an artist, right. um, which is partially why I started the that. podcast. This is very interesting. And yeah, I bought a camera a long time ago. I was like, I want to take pictures of flowers. And I did. And they were really bad. I need to learn how to use my camera. <laughs> but um, it's There's just so power in using your, yeah, your voice your or voice. using if that voice is in a... For something. For something. Right? And using your voice and speaking out loud. It's mm-hmm. so empowering to yourself. It empowers everyone around right. you. Mm-hmm. It gives meaning mm-hmm. to what you're doing. We will be thinking about actually not next semester, but maybe in the fall as that a special topic course about landscape and our concern mm. for uh, the natural environment. Mm-hmm. That would be a very yeah. interesting course to a lot of people from different departments. Also. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. I mean, thinking about the natural resources college. Yeah. 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 Specifically, aspen trees. Right. <laughs> I thought instead of like windmills. Right. How, how like we do these, or I read this article about how solar panels mm-hmm. out in the desert mm-hmm. are 
They're not great. Yeah. yeah I mean, solar panels something are that great. Are, are great for energy, but right. for the landscape and how we... It's so interesting that we know so little. We are trying, right? Mm-hmm. As a lot of scientists, a lot of artists, we are just proposing ideas. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's going to always work out. Yeah. We're just experimenting, yeah. right? You know, we're finding a solution, but 10 years later, the, you know, the research shows that that didn't work that much. <laughs> that actually caused so many problems. But, you know, we got, we don't have any other choice. I think we got to celebrate that curiosity as a scientist, that curiosity to explore, to experience, to discover new things. And if it didn't work, just admit it and change it, right? So yeah, there are so many issues that is mm-hmm. happening. But the intersection of arts and science to have the creativity to, yes. to change mm-hmm. on a dime and try something new. And right. I'm just going through everything in my head that I'm like, oh, I'll do a photo project about that, about that. Yeah, about that. <laughs> you should. <laughs> you know what, same, because yeah. I, I always get really nervous mm-hmm. around expressing myself in art sometimes. Yeah. Like, I'm not a photographer, I'm not a dancer, so I can't really... But we're all dancers and we right. can all be, all, photographers. All be yes, photographers. Exactly, exactly. You just need to learn the basics basics of it and there are so many opportunities there are so many classes that you can go for like two credit and learn like Mm -hmm. one semester learn at least the basics of photography the basics of drawing whatever and And then express and i think it's very important that the technical aspects of every medium is important to learn fully so you are you have a much diverse possibility of exploring that but the most important thing is how you express that and you do how you tell that mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think photography, this has always been my theory, photography for people who don't want to be the person who gets up on stage mm-hmm. or have their voice recorded and you're published. Behind yes. Yeah. You're behind the camera. People don't see you. Yeah. Yeah. They just see what you see. And right. I, I think there's some superpower in that. Yeah. That's, that <laughs> is very true. You are, showing your vision through yeah. that fracture of a second that mm-hmm. you're recording. And that is very important. I don't have any more questions for you, Mary. Perfect. Do you have any questions? No, I feel so enamored with your project. You, yes, thank you. <laughs> you know? thank you for the opportunity. This is great. And I've listened to your podcast. You're bringing so many interesting, diverse people. And I think it's very important. What you are doing is what we are talking about, yeah. that you are creating that platform for people to learn, to celebrate, you know, and learn more. And what you're talking <laughs> about, the Pride Month doesn't need necessarily to be just about the celebration, but it's all also about learning yeah about, resisting yeah resisting stories. exactly mm-hmm. so you two are resisting very <laughs> interesting for <Resist>. yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel good it, it makes, makes me feel, feel good. good it yeah. makes me feel good <laughs> and, and, feel and good. i love i love your platform of social justice photography yeah. and and how sometimes you don't have to fight a war to be resisting right. you're yeah, resisting exactly. in everybody's every, resisting everyone's it. resisting And I love the new generation. And I'm so lucky that I teach at the university. I see so many young people and I get so inspired. Mm -hmm. You know, the student 
think that they're going to learn mm-hmm. from their professors, but it happens the other <laughs> way around a lot of times. You know, we are learning about because I think the new generation has something yeah. very interesting mm-hmm. going on. They are inherently resisting. Yeah. They mm-hmm. know much more. We didn't care about the environment that much until we read on the news, we yeah. read books and stuff like that. But I think they are born into this world. Uh, yes, to this world. And I'm so glad. They're born into it. And unfortunately, they're born into it with like, environmental anxiety. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a lot. But I, uh, something I should say is every good teacher I know says that they learn from their students. So yes, you're probably exactly. a good teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's very true. Like we are <laughs> proud of them to having them. We get so excited when we see their work, their vision come through. And this is the best thing that I think every professor would get. Yeah. You care so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you do care. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, Well, do you want to share where people can find the Queer in Utah project and maybe find any more of the stuff that you're working on? projects? Yeah, so... um, uh, queer in Utah, I'm just uh, starting to exhibit this uh, project in different locations. So I would love to exhibit it as widely as possible in Utah. And um, because the, the purpose is for people in Utah to see and be exposed and get normal, like you know, yeah, with engage yeah. with it. So this is very important. And uh, I'm doing my best to make that happen. But uh, the project was recently uh, exhibited in the Metaverse Gallery of uh, Photo Evidence uh, Organization, which is a very important organization dealing with uh, showing uh, social injustice throughout the whole world. So they are based in Paris and New York City, and uh, the exhibition gets a lot of views of people mm-hmm. throughout the whole world they see the exhibition because it's online. and it's online and it's very interesting it's not necessarily just virtual but you make your avatar and you walk throughout <laughs> the exhibition you you know I talk to other people yeah it's very interesting so if you go to my website on the section for press you see all the magazines that they talked about this project but also you know the link to that exhibition it's the metaverse metaverse Gallery of Photo Evidence Gallery. So it's an organization. So that's something. I have some of the pieces of Queer in Utah plus Defiance Project because it's practically the same. So it's the, the only time that so far... The first time, actually, I have thought about combining the Queer in Utah with Defiance Project is this time. And we're putting that on Umoka. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Utah Museum of Contemporary oh. Art. And that's going to be exciting. So it's not all the pieces there, but some of the piece from Queer, some of the piece of a Defiance Project and all the words from. So it's very different. It's the first time that I'm experimenting with this style. So that would be interesting. And I have a show in Portland all queer in Utah project. So a lot of things, hopefully, and thankfully it's happening at the same time because it's important right Mm -hmm. now. I think it's the time to push a little bit harder because the change is happening and everybody, everybody with every mean, if we push 
a tiny bit harder, that would help and make a big change. So new projects is like I'm more focusing on defiance to finish defiance and queer in Utah. And I said that it's a Ongoing, ongoing ongoing project so feel free to contact me you know <laughs> to be part of if this people project. wanted to see where uh exhibition is can they go to your website yes, and you'll have yes. that information yeah, yeah. Okay. it's always there in the press section okay that and your website will be linked in the yeah, show notes that's amazing thank <laughs> you so much perfect well thank you so much it for coming on so such a treat yeah. it's yeah. exciting especially for me you're the first professor i've had oh that's and amazing i'm just so excited about it it's a pleasure and it's a big honor for yeah. me. I need to thank AJ for making the intro music. And then, as my dad always says, use your head and be clever. That Bye, was. everyone. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Was it good? It was, it was so good. Yeah.